0: needs bibble stories <laughs> something like that lift
1: me up Jesus. lift me up Jesus. lift me
0: up Jesus. lift me up Welcome to Bible Stories with Brittany, the Bible stories you know told wrong. I'm your host, Brittany. I was raised in a conservative Christian household, homeschooled for eight years, went to a private Christian school before getting out into a public college. Now I'm revisiting a lot of the stories that I was told as a child and giving them a new light. This week, our special guest is Lucy, our resident Lucy, who right now is visiting us from the great West Coast. How are you doing today, Hello. Lucy?
1: I'm very tan oh, um <laughs> I'm tan missing and missing cicada country so
0: <laughs> yeah. no,
1: let's
0: I'm very jealous of your tan I got sunburned for the last three weekends even though I have sunscreen on because the sun hates me I'm like pale skin
1: uh, oh man I don't think you're meant for this um climate <laughs> no I am sorry.
0: only go out at night <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say your religious upbringing is
1: so I was raised Catholic, and I grew up going to church every Sunday to Mass, and I would say about 12 or 13, my we just suddenly stopped. Um, so I never got confirmed, but I did get first confession, first communion, those types of uh, ceremonies. But my mom took a hard left and became very into yoga and started, I guess, being White lady Buddhist, so (laughs) kind of dropped off from there, and then you know, twelve or thirteen, I kind of started. I don't think I ever truly believed in it, but it was like I think I'm just going to do my own thing now. So,
0: so is your dad the one who's really Catholic, or were they like both into it for a while?
1: No, see, it was just my mom, and so, and I don't even think she was fully into it. I think it was just the tradition of going to, you know. To mass and all that that we were doing and then um you know we kind of just stopped it was very weird and <laughs> sudden but felt felt right at the time
0: yeah yeah i can imagine i feel like a lot of people go to church when their kids are younger and then once they don't need like after school babysitting they're like all right
1: absolutely and i think i was in i think my mom and i were in choirs at the time mm-hmm. so i was in the youth choir and then my mom was in the adult choir so I think that was mostly it was we wanted to do that, but you know, the actual like words that they were saying at mass, I don't think we were super interested in. Mm. Uh, clearly not a lot of it stuck so
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes sense. There, there's a lot of words. I I was also in the church choir and it was a lot of fun. It's fun to be in a choir. There aren't any like uh atheist choirs. <laughs>
1: It is fun. I and, mean, you know, Catholic choir, the the songs are, like, very intense. Oh, like, yeah. the Easter songs, there was this mm. one called When, when Jesus Wept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they're all kind of like that where it's, like, you know, these adorable children singing about, like, sad Jesus. It's, it's just, you know.
0: Oh, it's very Very good. Catholic. Very, ca- very, Catholic. Uh, very I, Catholic. I get into that. It's like if your child isn't weeping about Jesus, then what's the point? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so based off of that, what would you say your current religious beliefs are?
1: Yeah, I don't really have a word for it, I would say. I mean, I do believe in God and, um, you know, that there is a higher power. But other than that, I don't really subscribe to a certain religion. So it's kind of like, I guess, the opposite of atheism. (laughs) Like, I believe in God, but don't have, like, a label. Oh, like Um, a
0: deist? Like, deists believe in God, but don't have, um, there is no, like, religion around deism. It's just the belief in a singular God
1: yeah that sounds right yeah (laughs) um yeah that's you know i think probably like earlier on it was probably agnostic and Mm. you know not really thinking about it too hard but um you know i I think i do believe that there's something out there
0: yeah i think that makes sense some people i've heard have just called themselves like spiritual to encompass like a, a greater force outside themselves but
1: yeah see that just has the connotation of um I don't know white girl spirituality. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I hear that like people who are like I'm very spiritual and they have like their crystals and I'm like, dude, I love these crystals. They're they look good, but I don't think they're doing anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, I remember Will's mom one time gave us a, her and Will's sister are really into stones and mm-hmm. I don't I don't know you know mm-hmm. like she gave us this this stone one time to rub on our dog because he was having anxiety um you, she asked us to sit, rub the stone on him and
0: did you rub i think it on i did tex? it one time no poor tex he's getting stones rubbed on him
1: i think he liked it though because it's kind of like that hot stone massage mm. kind of feeling i bet but then i lost the rock. It's somewhere in the house but yeah you,
0: know. <laughs> you lost your very special rock
1: e- yeah That's <laughs> <fun>. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, I have, like, a rock pile of just, like, cool rocks that I've found. I don't think they do anything, but they look cool. (laughs) And I like being like, oh, I got this rock when I was at this park. (laughs) For this week, we're doing uh, part two of what we did last week, where last week we were talking about building the perfect man. This week, instead of trying to build the perfect woman, we're just going to talk about how that's impossible because there's a war on women going on in the Bible, and they aren't hiding it. It's written from, like, a male perspective. Like, everything is from a man's view. Like, you can just tell from, like, the wording and the language and how everything's approached. It's just, like, ah, oh, some dude was like, ah, oh, I gotta say something about the ladies. Gotta keep the ladies something for Christianity.
1: Here's one for the girls. <laughs>
0: exactly. Here's one for the girls. Let me tell you about how gross you are. it's like, thanks.
1: Uh, I'm very curious about this. I'm excited. I... I I know I fit this description perfectly, I'm sure.
0: I just I just want you to know, I don't think you're ready to be a good a good wife. I think you're not ready to be a good wife yet cuz you're about to become a man's property. Uh Oh shit. <laughs> so I don't think you're ready for for what you got to do. So you should uh make sure you let your fiance know. These are the rules. <laughs> like this is what happens.
1: Good to know. Good to know. Good to set that expectation before. You exactly. Know,
0: exactly. So a lot of Christian sexism, at least the type that I experienced when I was like a child growing up in the church and getting um, low-key bullied by a lot of the boys there, was a lot of it comes from Eve. Uh, and I'm sure you know, like, you know, the basic story of Adam and Eve. What gets me is that God created Adam first, right? So when he created Adam, he told him, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then God was like, all right, now I'm going to make you a lady. And then he, like, left them to just be in bliss for a while, right? Eve goes up to the tree, and there's a serpent there that tempts her, and she eats the apple, blah, blah, blah. She, like, blames the serpent. Adam blames his wife for giving him the apple or fruit or whatever. But at no point in time did God directly tell Eve, don't eat from this tree. She's just going off of hearsay from her husband not to eat this, who could have, like, said anything. And then everyone blames Eve. No one blames Adam, even though he also made a decision to, like, eat of this forbidden fruit knowing it was forbidden. And it's just, like, all these people are always like, oh, Eve, see, this is why it's going to suck. Because God had to curse them. But he didn't curse them equally. He cursed Adam, where it's harder to, like, toil in the land, which isn't applicable anymore because we have a bunch of machines doing it. Like, no one is farming their own food anymore. But Eve, though, no, 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 she gets it real bad where she's going to be cursed with severe child pain, also known as maternal mortality rates in America, and that her husband will rule over her. So that's his punishment to women. You're going to die having babies, and your husband's going to own you. So thanks, God.
1: That pisses me off. I feel like, you know, this is classic miscommunication. Adam probably left, you know, the direction not to eat the apple from the tree on like a sticky note that was like crumpled up or like a leaf, whatever the equivalent was at the time. Like I don't know. This that's that doesn't seem fair to me. Cause then, you know, man just developed a machine to like fix the toiling issue and then we are still dealing with horrible childbirth pains. <laughs>
0: what That's what I'm saying is it's like it's only like in the nineteen seventies where women even could like get a divorce, have their own bank account without a man's name on it, like all this other stuff. It's like women have just like just cuz of Eve who didn't even do anything that bad like it was a uh, if they're a uh, one unit cuz that's the whole thing about man and woman becoming one in marriage if they're one unit why does only one of the people get the blame
1: that's fucked up and plus it's like you know why is there no blame on Adam who is supposed to be you know the one delivering the message not to eat the apple and he's so you're going to give him the rest of like eternity to rule over women when you couldn't even fucking manage Mm. giving that one direction like I don't understand Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah clearly he's a bad manager so it's like well I don't think he should be managing like this he got kicked out of Eden because he can't manage like a perfect garden that just feeds him eternally like why should it be a middle manager over all women forever
1: yeah that doesn't seem quite, quite right
0: no so that's just like the start of a lot of this sexism like things only get weirder from here so we're gonna jump to Leviticus and Deuteronomy so those are like the main books of law in, like, Christianity, Judaism, and to a lesser degree, Islam, where a lot of their rules about dietary restrictions, like, a lot of them come from uh, Leviticus. Like, everything that you hear about when it comes to, like, kosher food, that all comes from Leviticus. A lot of, like, other weird stuff, it all comes from Leviticus. So this is where the rules just get, like, very specific. So feel free to interrupt me if I go too fast, because they're nuts. <laughs> um, So there's this whole idea about being unclean. If you do certain things, it makes you unclean. And you have the only way to become clean is to like wait X amount of time and then go make a sacrifice in the temple. Right. So if you menstruate, you're unclean for seven days. So during that time, if you sit on anything, it's unclean. If you lay on anything, it's unclean. If anyone touches you or anything that you sat on, then they're unclean as well. It's just, like, a plague of uncleanliness just for having a normal, healthy body.
1: Every month, too? Like, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Imagine being unclean for, like, two weeks of every month just for being born female. Like, it's ridiculous.
1: So what happens when you're deemed unclean by having a regular bodily function?
0: You basically just can't be in society. So my understanding is sometimes, like, women who are, like, menstruating together would, like, group up into, like, you know, like, huts of just, like, gross rags they could all sit on. Otherwise, they would, like, stay in their husband's house and just be ignored, and no one could touch you or sit on anything, and you'd have, like, special seats that no one else could sit on or lay on. So, I don't know. It seems it seems like bullshit, because, like, men can also be unclean, but it's pretty much just if they have, like, an unusual dish- discharge. So, like, if they have an infection, which doesn't happen with any regularity. So oh. the only thing that regularly makes men unclean is if they jizz. So anytime a man jizzes, he has to take a bath and then he's unclean until the evening. So it's like if you masturbate every day and you're a dude, you're unclean every day until the evening. But if you have sex with the woman, even though she's like not on her period or whatever, then she's also unclean because your jizz got on her. And anything the jizz gets on is also unclean until evening. You're not supposed to have period sex at any time because if like the woman's blood like touches the man at all that he's unclean too because of her uncleanness
1: but it's not like two negatives make a positive like just no. <laughs> plus period that plus would make sense. equals the ultimate like cleanliness no that doesn't work
0: no that would make sense to me where it'd be like it's only unclean if you don't come if you come then it's fine but so if a woman gives birth she's also unclean but it's different if she has a son or a daughter. So if she has a son, she's unclean for a week, and she has to wait 33 days before she can, like, go do her sacrifice. But if she has a daughter, she's unclean for two weeks and has to wait 66 days before she can go be purified. So it's, like, double unclean if you give birth to a daughter rather than a son. What? It's, like, what, where's the logic or reasoning behind it? I don't understand. I
1: feel, I feel like I've heard generally that giving birth is – Unclean, um, in the sanitary sense, mm. uh, which is why you know we do it in hospitals or whatever. But um, I didn't know there's a waiting period <laughs> to return to society. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I interested in these um, menstruation huts, though. Like the general concept of just like being away from society to just kind of cope with having a period for you know a week or so with your gal pals. Mm-hmm. I feel like this could be redone in a way that's very effective in the modern age. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, you know, you just join, like, the Amazonians, like, Diana and all them. You just go to that island of women. Make Maybe it's really awesome. Maybe they're just, like, men can't go into the menstruation zone, so they just call it, a like, a gross hut. But secretly, it's, like, a salon spa experience. <laughs> it's just, like, massages all the time, like, cucumbers on your eyes, like, you're drinking margaritas.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Like, chit-chat with the girls. Mm-hmm not have to work for a week. Like, that's pretty nice. I mean, I know, obviously, in reality, it was horrible. But, you know, I feel like Airbnb could really bring this back in a different way.
0: In Deuteronomy, there's, like, a bunch of weird rules that are specific to marriage, right? If a man marries a woman... And decides he doesn't like her for whatever reason. What he can try and do to get out of the marriage is claim that she wasn't a virgin when they got married. The onus is on the woman's parents to prove that she was a virgin. So that's why, like, a lot of people would keep, like, the the marriage bed, like, cloth with, like, blood on it to, like, prove that their daughter was a virgin when she got married. And then they, like, take this to, like, the, the elders at, like, the temple To, like, show that she was a virgin when she got married to this dude. And then the dude has to pay her parents a hundred silver shekels for making this accusation against her honor. But they don't get a divorce. He just has to give this money to her parents and they stay married. If he does this and her parents, for whatever reason, in their, like, attic or garage, they lost her, like, virginity sheet with her blood on it. And they can't prove that she was a virgin when she got married then the dude can bring his wife to her father's house and stone her in front of
1: his house just a lot lot to unpack
0: yeah like if a dude can't
1: you lose your virginity by like riding a horse like i I don't understand
0: yeah your hymen can break
1: (laughs) doing literally
0: anything like if you have like a tampon you can like break your hymen that way riding a horse you can break your hymen there's like so many things you can do like masturbating you can break your hymen like anything so many things yeah Just being alive. And women, there are women who have sex and their hymen remains unbroken. It just doesn't bleed because it isn't, like, a traumatic experience for them. (laughs) Because it's, like, a fun time rather than, like, physically abusive. (laughs) It's like that, the the whole, it just reinforces that whole mythos, like, that uh, if a woman doesn't bleed, then she wasn't a virgin. And it's like, okay, a lot of weird blood fixation when it comes to women.
1: And especially, like, you know, that it's unclean when we do it once... (laughs) Once a month, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's the signal.
0: The signal. It's time for me and the boys to head out. I can't be around this lady. Uh, I can't get over that. No. So if a dude has an affair with another man's wife, then the dude and the other man's wife both need to be put to death. Like, adultery is, an, is a death offense. So here's the thing. is like, if you sleep with someone out of town, like, in the fields, it's different than if you sleep with someone in town. And so, like, if you either have sex or rape a virgin in town and the virgin is engaged to someone else then both the man and the woman need to get stoned because the man is cheating with the woman by having sex with her even though she's engaged to someone else and then the woman needs to be put to death because she didn't scream because the idea is that if you scream in town then people will come protect you but none of these rules apply if she gets raped in a field, because even if she screamed, no one would have come anyway. So he just has to, like, pay some money, basically, because he didn't know he was raping someone else's property.
1: Oh, my God.
0: If he does this, if he, he rapes th- this girl and she isn't engaged, then he has to give her father... 50 silver shekels, and then marry her, which is crazy. It's like, oh, you rape someone, and then you have to marry your rapist. Like, Jesus, Bible. Like, how horrible can you be?
1: That's very specific.
0: This is just, like, the top of the needle for these weird specific rules that I just, like... Like, reading this, it just wigs me out how specific it is. There's some things that are good in their specificity, though. Like, if you're a newlywed husband, uh, you don't have to go to war or anything for a, a year. You just get to, like, be in marital bliss and hang out together. Cool. Yeah. The other thing is, like, so this even happens today with Orthodox Jews in a lot of places, where if a man wants to divorce a woman, he has to give her a certificate of divorce that's called a get. So it's like a whole thing even now to this day where if a woman who is Orthodox wants to divorce her husband, even if she's able to get like a legal divorce from him, she needs him to give her a get so that she can like remarry if she wants to. It's like big deal in that community, which I didn't realize was still going on from like fucking Deuteronomy like thousands of years ago. It's just like a weird thing for Orthodox women, which just blows my mind.
1: Well, even still now when you want to get a divorce, don't you have to like both agree to it?
0: Not necessarily. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, okay. it's cheaper if you both agree to it. Like, you can get, um, if you don't have any kids and you don't own any money, you can get a divorce for, like, 500 bucks, like, easy if it's all amicable. It's only if you, like, are fighting about things where it's, like, the other party can, like, draw things out for a long time. But you can still, yeah. like, get a divorce. Like, you can divorce someone if they're in jail even without them, like, consenting to it or anything, basically
1: i see i see because i thought it was a whole thing i feel like i saw it in like breaking bad or something <laughs> like that where they had to like you sign the paper i won't sign until you do this like it's a whole thing but yeah it makes i mean a little
0: bit do you not have firsthand knowledge but my understanding is like that makes it faster and cheaper to get them to like sign it but there's other ways you can like get a divorce if the other person isn't cooperating it's just like a lot longer and a lot more expensive and your lawyer has to do a lot more work
1: i saw someone posted This thing where it was like, use wedding dresses and then a $500 divorce. And I was like, that is a smart idea for a business right there. (laughs) Drop off your wedding dress, get a divorce, like fresh start.
0: Yeah, that's really funny. I hadn't thought about it that way, especially because wedding dresses are so seasonal. You know, there's like always like trends for wedding dresses and what's hot. And then it's like, so if you're going to get a divorce and do that, you better get a divorce fast while your dress is still in fashion. (laughs) (laughs) You can't have like a nineteen eighties dress. Like that's not stylish anymore.
1: Part of me wonders if that like big puffy sleeve wedding dress is gonna come back. You know, where it's just like it's just so much dress in one, but I haven't seen it yet, but we'll see. I
0: don't think so. I'm not on board with it. Like some some old styles I can get on board with. Like I'm just waiting for like that permed hair look to come back. I think it's great. I don't think the puffy the puffy sleeves will come back. What I think is gonna come back is women's shoulder pads. Give me those business plans. Like, I think so many women would be so into it, being like, this is my armor. I'm going into the office. I got big-ass shoulders. What are you gonna do about it?
1: (laughs) I will tell you... This is gonna sound strange, but I actually look very good in shoulder pads. Oh. I don't know why, but it's like, I'm like, Are you fierce? Am I a movie star? I like, think what? so.
0: I think you're like a 1980s anchor on a news <laughs> show. You've got like those big, chonky earrings, and you're coming in hot and heavy, being like, hot Let me tell you what's heavy. going on.
1: Is this feminism? Yes. There's a meme. There's, like...
0: <laughs> the answer is yes. That is feminism. Shoulder pads are the definition of feminism.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I would hide stuff in my shoulder pads. I can't wait. Oh,
0: my God. You could
1: put, put your pockets, keys in there, put your phone in your there. Your phone. Oh, you my could, God.
0: like, save, like, some snacks or, like, tampons. You don't, need a, like, you don't even need a fanny pack in that situation, which I also oh got to back. Fanny packs are great fight me
1: (laughs) fanny packs are back baby fanny packs are back
0: only certain types of fanny packs are back not like the functional (laughs) fanny packs i want like dad is taking you on a biking trip on saturday fanny packs to come back so this one is fucking insane and i need you to prepare yourself okay all right so this this section is numbers and the title of this section in numbers five is the test for an unfaithful wife. So if another man has sexual relations with a wife and it is hidden from her husband and her impurity is undetected, there are no witnesses, and the husband su- suspects that his wife is impure or if he's just like jealous and and I don't know, he's just like mad about it. So what he can do is he can take his wife to a priest, but he has to pay the priest with barley flour Because, I don't know, but you have to pay with barley flour. So what the priest is going to do is he's going to bring her to to stand before God. He's going to bring holy water in like a clay jar and he's going to loosen her hair. And then he's going to like hold like this bitter water that he's like put a curse on. And then the priest is going to put the woman under oath and he's going to say to her, If no other man has had sexual relations with you and you have not gone astray and become impure while married to your husband, may this bitter water that brings a curse not harm you. Because they have to phrase it in the stupidest way. If she has had an affair, this bitter water is going to curse her. Which basically, this is just like abortion water. It's just going to make her have a miscarriage. So he's just giving her... abortion water so if she's been cheating on her husband then whatever is inside of her is going to be aborted and if she drinks it and it's fine then it means that she hasn't been unfaithful and that she's good but it's like what if she's pregnant with her husband's child and it's like what is this bitter water i don't know it's just it was
1: just plan b for that time but
0: basically and i'm like where do i get this fucking bitter water for like a sack of barley flour that sounds dirt cheap like plan B is like 50 bucks or something.
1: That sounds like better than most health care. I mean, that again, something that would probably be used today. But yeah. I mean, depending on the safety of it, of course. But
0: I mean, probably. I mean, we have like all these amazing innovations when it comes to like abortion technology. But it's like this isn't the same Bible that a lot of people who are anti-abortion come from, where it's like, well, clearly this is a thing that they had at the time to like get rid of unwanted pregnancies and it was so well known that if you thought your wife was cheating on you you could like force her to get rid of someone else's offspring then everyone is like all of these people who are like you know anti-abortion they're like citing the whole thing of for you created me in my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb for i am fearfully and wonderfully made and it's like yeah but what about this whole section where a priest just gives the lady like abortion water like what's that about
1: Okay. Yeah, they put the blinders on for that one.
0: Oh, yeah. No, they they probably would do, like, some, uh well, she was cheating, so it's not the same. I'm like, well so I, for me to get a, a Jesus abortion, I just have to cheat on my partner, and that's how I can get that that good, good abortion juice.
1: <laughs> can I tell you about something weird I saw when we were driving here? Yes. We're in New Mexico in this, this uh, town called Las Cruces, and it's got, like, this little kind of central area and it had this catholic church and i was like oh beautiful let's go look at the church church was awesome very pretty like mm. very simple church and then in the kind of courtyard of the church there was like a gravestone hmm. and i was like well that's kind of weird for a catholic church let me take a closer look and it was like the grave for all the unborn babies
0: Ooh. in the world
1: and i was like oh there it is
0: there it is you <laughs> gotta ruin it Because we need to talk about widows in this time period, too. We're jumping forward, but it's okay. We're going to jump back to Leviticus. But we're jumping forward to the New Testament with Paul. I don't like Paul. I think he's terrible. And the reasons (laughs) are terrible are about to become very well known to you. And what I think is funny is like it's one of those those things that I have in common with a lot of my Muslim friends because like that's a whole thing in Islam is like hating on Paul because a lot of based off of my understanding is that uh, they believe that Paul is like uh, misleading people about who Jesus was that Jesus was a prophet as opposed to a messiah.
1: Uh, wasn't Paul, like, the original missionary?
0: Basically, yeah. Like, all of the... Yeah, yeah, there was, like, that whole thing with going out and spreading the word about Jesus. And Paul was the one who was, like, really hardcore into it, writing all these letters, like, really hammering down the doctrine, making these churches, like, keeping them in line. But... Yeah, I
1: can see why people would be pissed off about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's a a weird dude, in my opinion. Um, And I also think that he has some weird opinions about women so in this section it comes from first timothy five and he's talking about like respecting the elderly and stuff and like how to take care of widows so what he's saying is that if for whatever reason you become a widow your family should take care of you first and foremost if there's literally no one who can take care of you then that widow can be put on a widow's list if she's over 60 and then like the church will take care of her um, but only if she's over sixty, she was faithful to her dead husband and she did good deeds such as raising children, being, you know, hospitable, and washing people's feet when they came by. If you're a young widow, you can get fucked according to Paul. He just thinks that you should go out and get married. And this is the exact line because I think it's very juicy. Uh, for when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. I'm like, whoa there, Paul. Like, that's a weird way to put that. And then he gets even more specific where he says, if they do this, they'll break their first pledge. They'll get into the habit of being idle and going from house to house. And not only did they become idlers, but they also become busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to. Damn, you really don't like women.
1: Paul just kind of sounds like the guy who got snubbed by a pretty girl Definitely has some weird stuff there. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: He's got a lot of weird stuff. Like, literally, I was, like, reading this section about women, and then I just kept going. And the next section in Timothy 6, he tells slaves to consider their masters worthy of respect and to serve their Christian masters better, which is just a really fucked up line that was used by, like, slave owners to, to just subjugate black people before the Civil War. And it's just like, damn. Paul would have been a Trump supporter, 100%. Like, that's what I think. Yeah, I
1: mean, this doesn't surprise me for the first missionary Mm. at all. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come in here and you're going to listen to me, like...
0: Yeah, it's like women weren't allowed to be, um, like, leaders in the church, largely because of Paul, but they were allowed... They had, like, slightly more of a place than in, like, a synagogue, so that was considered, like, an improvement where they were able to, like, sit next to men rather than being, like, in a separate section, but they can never be leaders. So even, like... The church that i went to as a kid it was all men for a long time until this one woman who was trying to become a priest came and it was like a big to do in my parents church that this woman was there and a lot of people did not like it and they would not take communion from her because they didn't think she could be a a real priest
1: that's insane and i think also like female pastors has been a very new thing as well right
0: Mm -hmm. well even in the, Um... the catholic church i was um driving through philadelphia and there was like this huge billboard up that I was I thought was wild where it was like these six female Catholic priests who were like saying tell the pope to let women become Catholic priests and I was like damn wow. that's baller you bought an entire billboard that's what I want to do if ever I'm like rich and have like fuck you money I'm just going to buy a bunch of billboards I don't know what they're going to say probably like you were not formed in your in the womb you're just a bunch of cells I don't know. I'm just, like, a little spicy because, like, I've So seen- oh, you're going to
1: make a bunch of pro-abortion yes. billboards.
0: Yes. I've seen way too many anti-abortion billboards. Like, where I used to live, whenever you drove on the highway, you had to drive by, like, three anti-abortion billboards. And I would just get so angry.
1: You know what I want? This is... I'm going to say this right now. I've not said this to Will, but I'm putting this out there because, you know, maybe some other people will hear it if I die can you make me one of those billboards that like I'm very like I'm in the clouds I've got little Mm. wings and it's like Lucy with like horrible script and like I that's all I want
0: (laughs) that's all I want
1: (laughs) can you make it on 95 because I feel like that'd be really oh it would be
0: good (laughs) is there any way to like put someone's ashes in like paint or something like that I bet there is And then we could, like, literally put you on the billboard of you.
1: I like that. I like like that. I like where your head's at. We'll have to table this discussion for, you know, when I'm putting my will together.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't have any money, so you're going to have to set this aside because
1: I got student loans
0: to pay off. You should set up your will just as a general rule if you don't have one. You're, like, a property owner. You gotta That's true You gotta like See like No Will gets all my shit Or be like No screw you Will My mom gets everything Something like that
1: Oh yeah Cause we're getting married So I probably have to do that Pretty soon Make sure Things are set in place If I were to get hit by a train
0: I have a will And basically Looking over I was like When I was moving I looked over it, And I was like Everything in this will I no longer have Cause I don't own anything
1: <laughs> I remember I was a very like Dark child Like mm-hmm. I was very into like Edgar Allan Poe mm-hmm. And all that But anyway i made a a will when i was like 10 (laughs) It was like in case i die yeah and it was i should i wish i had it still because it probably was really adorable or i was like all my stuffed animals go to (laughs) janet caroline and my mom gets my drawings (laughs) (laughs) like no
0: i did that too because i was i just hit a a point where i was just oh the world's terrible blah 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 and i did that but it's like that's not legally binding you're a child All right. So we're, we're getting to the end. We're just going to knock out some of these last weird ones. So if two men are fighting and one of the men is uh, the husband of this woman, if the woman comes in and grabs like the dick and balls of the dude her husband is fighting, then you can cut off her hand because it's dishonorable, which is like, why do you need to specify that in the Bible? That's such a specific event.
1: That sounds like something happened and they were like, we need to put this in here because this might happen again. Like, you know, when you go to work at a new job and there's like a weird rule in there that you're like, what the fuck would would this ever happen? But they had to put it in there because it happened before. Oh yeah. That's what that sounds like. Yeah.
0: It's like every OSHA rule is like, well, someone died to make this rule. And I'm like, Oh, that's dark. Yeah. So this is the part that we're going to get into like a lot of the, just the weird things. So like, so if a woman marries a man and he has a brother And the man she marries dies, then she's supposed to marry his brother and have a son with his brother that has the dead brother's last name. If the living brother refuses, the woman can take him to, like, the temple elders. And if he says no there to them, she can take off one of his sandals and spit in his face. Just weird. Like, why? Why do you need to specify that she could spit in his face?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I bet spit was really gross back then, so...
0: It's gross now. I
1: probably went a long way. That's probably the equivalent of, like, shitting in someone's bathtub.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we're just going to get through the, uh, the three main antis that a lot of homophobes use. So, like, there's a lot of stuff about, like, men cannot lie with other men as they would lie with a woman. But what I say is that's only against gay men. It has nothing to do with lesbian women and bisexual women. So, I think that's a uh, get-out-of-jail-free card for me. Like, I don't have to worry about it. It's only anti-gay, not anti-lesbian. So, Mm. yeah, that's my hot take. Um, The Bible is definitely anti-trans it's definitely anti-cross dresser because it has a section in deuteronomy where it says a woman must not mar- wear a man's clothing nor a man wear women's clothing for the lord your god to test anyone who does this and i'm like ah that's shitty and then the last one is is anti-sex worker where just god shitting on shrine prostitutes which apparently was like all the prostitutes would go hang out by the local shrines where people would come to like pick them up <laughs> And so it makes a big point. No shrine prostitutes, male or female, can't have that. This one isn't like so much as like a bigotry thing, but it's just really against witchcraft, divination and seeking omens, which was used to, to kill a bunch of women, you know, in the middle ages. It was like, see, look at the Bible. It says kill the sorceress. So, you know, I just got to get rid of this woman who wouldn't marry me. And that's the solution.
1: Brittany, if you were a shrine prostitute, what would your pickup line be? I need how would you, money. How would you reel in the customers? That's
0: how I would reel. I would just yell that I need money. I would be terrible. I probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't say anything. I'd probably just like put my hair in front of me and like do like one of those twirls, you know, with the hair and just like wiggle my eyebrows.
1: There you go.
0: I don't need no words. I got this body.
1: That's how you got Phil, right?
0: Yep. That, I mean, I did spit on Phil. So that's actually how I got him because <laughs> he was challenging me. He was saying that I couldn't. I couldn't outrun him. And I was like, yes, I can. He's like, well, you wouldn't. And I was like, yes, I would. He's like, and I was like, not only would that, I would do that, I would spit on you. And he's like, you wouldn't spit on me. And I was like, yes, I would. So then he started running. So then I pinned him to the ground and I spat on him. And this was like in, a, in like the parking lot of George Mason University. So like several people walked by while I was just spitting on him.
1: That is a beautiful story. Very, um, very romantic. That is really, that's a true modern romance right there that you spit on Phil in the George Mason parking lot. Not once. Another, another Nova, Nova love story.
0: Yeah. I want to mention this didn't happen once. This happened several months later when he was like, "Now you wouldn't do that again. You wouldn't be able to catch me a second time. And then it happened a second time. <laughs> all right so you got three stories of some badass fucking saints in Catholicism so if you don't mind explaining how you become a saint that would be very good because I, I have no idea
1: the so Saints are one of the biggest kind of aside from history like one of the biggest differences in like actual practice between mm. evangelical Christianity and um, or I guess Protestant Christianity <laughs> i mean being evangelical sorry that's
0: close um <laughs>
1: for sure and Catholicism I actually had to pull up the wiki how on how to become a saint and I'm going to read it to you hell yeah (laughs) because I feel like wiki how it's just got so much good content in here and I've always like secretly wanted to be the illustrator who does all this stuff for wiki how because I just feel like they're really funny illustrations
0: you could do it Um, I love the wiki how questions like at the bottom that's like the best part of wiki (laughs) how
1: Like, i missed my period for three months am i pregnant like God. those kinds of questions oh
0: no am i pregnant?
1: okay so according to WikiHow, how how to become a saint it's very easy very simple mm-hmm. first is to live the life of a saint so what? you have to be catholic
0: oh okay i was like <laughs> that's it
1: you have to be catholic and you have to be confirmed in the church so that's the thing that i didn't do it's like when you're like 12 or 13, you like, I am Catholic. I'm going to be Catholic for the rest of my life. I confirm that I am Catholic. Like, it's not too late. Yes, it's not this... too
0: late for you to become a saint.
1: <laughs> Imagine me just like with a bunch of like 12-year-olds. I'm like, yes. Hell yeah. Catholic. Hell yeah. You have to live an exemplary and pious life. So you have to be very religious. You have to like, you know, help a lot of people. It says here to think big. So saints are honored for extraordinary service to a small group of people or a local community, but your exemplary life is more likely to be recognized if you have a bigger, more global impact. Perform at least two miracles. So I thought this was interesting. So you can perform at least two miracles, but if you are a martyr, you only need to perform one miracle in addition to being a martyr.
0: Wait, so you, you either have to do two miracles and you get to stay alive, or you have to perform one miracle and die.
1: Yes, that is that is correct. So you have to heal sick or wounded people. You know, very similar to Jesus, like turn something into wine, whatever. You know, that's a very interesting segue into the last step, or one of the last steps, is to die. You have to die. You have to be dead to become a saint.
0: So you can't be a living saint.
1: You can't be a living saint. You have to be dead.
0: Did um Mother Teresa become a saint?
1: I don't know.
0: Cause she's dead. But I don't know, I don't think she did any miracles. she was just like a rad lady
1: i don't I don't know the answer to that. I should have looked that up hmm. so after you die, there's a process called canonization, and that's how you become a saint. People are like, hey, this person was like really cool. we think they should be a saint because of x y, and z. They did all the other stuff. they're dead, like let's make them a saint. so you have to have a people a group of people that know you they like you know they support this, they are like lobby for you to be a saint. And you have to have your local bishop initiate a cause with the Vatican's Congregation for Sainthood Causes. Um, and this is from what Wikipedia House says that gets the ball rolling. Mm. Um, you have to be investigated by the church. You have to be recognized by the Pope. Um, you have to be, have your miracles recognized, all this kind of stuff. Your second miracle recognized. And then finally, you're able to, you are a saint, you're a recognized saint. And you're able to answer people's prayers, huh. so that's kind of the process of becoming a saint. Um, I think when I looked this I think when I knew about saints before, I always thought that it was like, oh, clearly they were a saint, like let's just put a label on it, but I didn't realize it was an actual like official process that involved the Vatican, yeah, and you know having a whole crew, crew of people.
0: That's so on your weird. Side. Like, I, I feel like that's how you get, like, a Nobel pre- Peace Prize, you know? You have, like, a whole crew of people being, like, we're going to nominate this person because they're great.
1: Totally, totally. And so, yeah, but, you know, there are a ton of saints out there. And typically, you know, when there is a saint, you have a saint that you pray to for a specific reason. Mm. So, for example, a lot of people pray to St. Anthony for if you lose something, there's, some, like, he's the finder saint. So he mm. helps you find something that you lose. So Phil could really... You know, you should get him one of those St. Anthony candles because <laughs> then he could help him find his key. <laughs> and, um, you know, and so as you see in like, you know, iconography, things like that, you know, saints are usually depicted with like in a certain way. So, you know who it is and, you know, it's like something that's very specific to them. I have three female saints that I find are badasses and very interesting have really interesting backgrounds usually saints have you know very tragic lives or have a tragic end and so they're just really cool stories and so you pray to like one of these saints if like you have an issue saint agatha of sicily she is very she is the patron saint of breast cancer and anything to do with boobs (laughs) that's great Yes, she was, she lived in 231 to 251 AD. And she basically took a vow of virginity when she was 15. She was like, I'm going to be a virgin for life. I love Christ. And this is like during like Roman rule time. And then she was pursued by this like magistrate named Quint- Quintianus. I think his name is. Um, she was like, nah, I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin for life. Like, I don't want to marry you. I don't want to be with you. And he was like persistent about it. And because she denied him so many times, he reported her as a Christian where she was imprisoned at a brothel, tortured, and they tried to burn her at the stake. But coincidentally, an earthquake happened right when they tried to burn her at the stake. So she was saved from being burned. And, you know, during this time, she's like horribly tortured, burned, like all this stuff. And her, they cut off her breasts as part of the torturing. After she, you know, the burning failed, she was sent to a prison where... She I guess got a vision of Saint Peter the Apostle. Um, he healed her wounds, healed her titties, and then she died in prison. So it's like the story of uh, Agatha. but what's interesting is that if you ever go to a church or you go to a museum and like you know look at those paintings of Saints or whatever, like she's always depicted as having like just her boobs on a plate. Oh, <laughs> like it's it's very weird. What the um, fuck?
0: I thought you were gonna say like massive boobs, where it's like she died and God like gave her like double G's or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's not clear. Usually it's like her kind of like with like holes on her chest and then like boobs on a plate, and that's like how you see, you know.
0: Plate. She's the
1: patron saint of titties.
0: Damn. <laughs> damn i mean that's like some amazonian warrior shit right there but i don't know about <laughs> plate
1: boobs <laughs> yeah and so i guess you pray to her if you've got anything to do with boobs so if you you've got breast cancer you pray to her um she's also the patron saint of wet nurses um and also bell founders i guess because bells kind of look like boobs so the i thought that was very bells? interesting that's why
0: <laughs> i okay okay Boobs and Bells. Got it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so she's one of my favorites. We, I went to, like, this church in Spain, and there was, like, this depiction of this woman with her boobs on a plate. And I was like, can we talk about this? Like, what is this? Let's not
0: act um, so like it's this. It's just a smile.
1: very jarring <laughs> itch. Mm-hmm. And apparently they cut her boobs off, like, not with knives, but, like, with basically, like, old, like, 200 AD scissors. Oh. So it was, like, extra horrible.
0: I don't like that. I don't like that at all.
1: <laughs> the next uh, saint is definitely more in the badass cag- category. Her name is Kitiera. She's mm. from second centuries Portugal. Mm. She, and this story begins when the mot- Roman military official has nine daughters all at once. I do not remember the name it. It's nine tuplets or something.
0: No, that's impossible. You can't have nine kids at once.
1: Oh, apparently she did. The mom had nine daughters all at once, and they basically were, like, not one son. Nine <laughs> daughters, no son. Like, what the fuck? She, of course, sends, gives them to her, to the maid, to, like, go drown them in the river because she's like, none of these are worth anything, so just take Damn. all of them and drown them.
0: Damn!
1: <laughs> and so instead of drowning them in the river, this um, maid gives them to a, a local uh, peasant woman to raise these nine girls, they were raised in a Christian household, and then later on when they were, you know, fully grown, they were basically, like, brought before their father to be persecuted for being Christian. And their father, like, looked in their eyes and all these nine girls and was like, shit, like, these are my daughters. Like, what the fuck? I mean, nine of you are all the same age. Like, that can't be coincidence. Uh-huh. You know, he's like, okay, well, we can turn you around. Like, you know, I know you're a Christian, but we can turn you into like wives of Roman officials, like, you know, just, you know, sign X, sign here, sign the X and roll, we'll, you know, you'll be fine. Like, we'll take care of you. And of course they were like, no, we're Christians. Like we're, you know, we're not going to do that. Yada, yada. They're imprisoned in a tower, all nine of them. And the, you know, their biggest, I guess, success is that they liberated like every, all the Christians that were imprisoned in this tower and basically, like, waged this guerrilla war in the mountains against the Romans.
0: Damn.
1: Um, the sisters were eventually caught. Um, Ketiera was beheaded, and her sister jumped off a cliff where, when she fell into the water, there was, like, a spring, like, shot up. So it's kind of similar to the story of Paul in Rome, where he was beheaded, and then, like, apparently his head, like, bounced three different times, and so that's where there's, like, three little fountains there. Yeah. Huh. Um,
0: I hadn't heard that one,
1: but yeah. So, guess what? Her she is the patron saint of. Just Ooh, guess.
0: You're... Uh, sisters. Towers.
1: Keith, <laughs> Keith Tiara is the patron saint of rabies. Why? <laughs> I don't know why. That, that doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, it blows my mind. So if you see, if you are looking at these kind of images of the saints, you will see her depicted with her hand, head and her hands emerging from the ocean. Um, if you see that, that is definitely Ketiera. Um She's also depicted sometimes with a dog. Might be related to the rabies, not sure.
0: I mean, that would make sense. Like, did they never mention any, like, dog friends in the story, did they?
1: No, not at all. So I don't, there must be something there that I might have missed in my research, but There's definitely, yeah, but it's only rabies, like nothing else. I mean, Uh maybe for, you know, strengthening your faith or whatever, you pray to her, but, you know, and she's very popular in Portugal, but. Uh And also it's like so funny because rabies is such a, you know, uncommon thing nowadays, like Uh that you pray to this very specific, like. (laughs) she's like she does this like very brave thing her and her sisters like fight the romans like get beheaded all that and it's like rabies like that's what you give her like yeah
0: you couldn't give her like one of the good things to be prayed for you know like flat tires or like cell phone service like that's what i need a scene of <laughs>
1: <laughs> like there's so many bad things but like rabies like there was something more badass like i don't know syphilis. that's periods a I- mm, uh-huh. yeah
0: Having a patron saint for like period cramps, I would get into that.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, just light that candle as soon as you feel that first cramp. Like, mm-hmm. nope, nope, we're not doing this today.
0: No, no. I think that, yeah, she would be the most popular saint if that's what she was the saint of.
1: <laughs> Brittany, there's still a chance you can be the patron saint of oh. period cramps.
0: Yeah, but I'm not Catholic. I was never baptized in a Catholic church. And I was. Oh, confirmed. that's right. Yeah, so I'm just like a godless heathen to. <laughs> Yeah, my dad was raised Catholic, though, and I think it's really funny because whenever we're at, um, because my mom's Protestant, so whenever we're at, like, Protestant churches, my mom will take communion, my dad won't, and I just thought he just was a godless atheist until I was, like, a teenager, and we went to a Catholic church for the first time, and the the shoe was flipped. He took communion at the Catholic church, and I couldn't have any, and I was like, what is this bullshit? How is this fair?
1: (laughs) A second. Is there communion at the Protestant church?
0: Yeah. Yeah what yeah you've never been to a protestant church before
1: i mean like a lutheran church but not like that's protestant. there's communion i thought that was only that was only the catholic church
0: Mm-mm. no the catholic church is just more um exclusive about what they think counts as communion like catholics oh. think it's like the literal body and the literal blood of jesus but most protestant church has communion where they like say the words do like the song and dance and um They just think it represents Jesus. So it's just, you know, wine, bread, usual. But you have to be baptized like in that denomination, usually, unless it's specifically a non-denominational church.
1: So you don't have like first communion?
0: No, because I was, um, depending on the church, some churches do like the, I assume you were baptized as an infant, right? yes yeah so like it's one of those things where it's like a lot of times if you were baptized as an infant most of the people that I know would do confirmation in like uh later elementary school or early middle school but I decided to be baptized when I was like eight so it was like well I already made this choice I don't need to do this again
1: <laughs> were you baptized with like a little dish of water or were you like did oh, you was, like go swimming? I was
0: dunked in a in a bathtub and it was gross <laughs> It's very gross. In front of like the whole church too. And like the, the, the oh my pastor gosh. like just dunks you under and you're like, you get water up your nose and you're like, I'm going to get a brain eating amoeba I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. But I was, oh my like, goodness. I was real into it. I was extremely Christian. So I was like stoked. And they give you like a Bible when you get baptized and you can put your name in it.
1: Okay. So this last saint, her name is Martha, the dominator. I love it. So she is the sister or was the sister of Mary Magdalene and Lazarus, as we know. And she was there when, you know, Lazarus was brought back from the dead. She was there when Jesus was resurrected. Was resurrected. Yeah. But, you know, her story is about her moving to Europe where she went to this town in France called Tarasian or Tarascan, Hmm. which had this like horrible dragon that like, dominated over the town and it was just like a huge problem everyone was like oh don't come here we got this huge dragon we got to deal with and she's like well i've got the power of jesus on my side like you've you think you've seen some shit i got my brother was raised from the dead like i've got this so she goes up to the dragon and she's got a cross and holy water that's all she has and she rebukes the dragon like in the name of jesus she's like i have christ on my side step down and so the dragon steps down, and the, re- the way she shows everyone that the dragon's, like, cool now is she ties a little scarf on its neck.
0: <laughs> so that's why she's the dominator? She dominates dragons?
1: Yes. And so when you see a picture of her, she's usually with a dragon, or sometimes she's with two serpents. Hmm. And she's very popular in the African religions of Lusumi and Kudu. Um, the two dragons are—they're sorry—the two snakes are very, or she's very popular that religion because the two snakes iconography is used in Dahomey. It represents the Dahomey kingdom in Africa, mm. and that's where a lot of uh, like slaves were brought from to the United States. Hmm. Um, so she is often seen as the patron saint of like the worker or like the working class and being able to dominate against the oppressive employer. Mm. So if you are pissed off at your boss, if you're feeling like, you know, you're going to quit your job, just pray to Martha the Dominator. Um, (laughs) I need you to dominate (laughs) my (laughs) boss. Apparently she, like, you know, she won't give you, like, a ton of money. Like, she'll help you in a pinch, but, like, that's not the solution. She'll usually, like, play some sort of trick on your boss or she'll, you know, make it so that you don't have to work with that person anymore or whatever, so...
0: Damn, I could have used that when I was working at the liquor store. I need I needed that kind of energy to get rid of some of my coworkers.
1: <laughs> I feel like you need a lot of different saints to rid the bad energy that you would see working at a liquor store.
0: Oh yeah, oh uh, a lot. Like okay, so that's my question about saints is because I we we did like prayers, like you pray to like Jesus or God because they're like one and the same, right? And then you like ask the Holy Spirit to like come down upon you or whatever. Yeah. So we never had it where you like pray to like Mary or any of the saints. So are you like praying to them like directly? Are you praying? Are you like asking them to like pray for you? I'm like, I'm just confused on that.
1: So, you know, part of that, you know, notion that they have to perform miracles. You have to assume that they're holy in some way, like always like, you know, always Jesus running through them, you know, Mm. but it's praying to those specific saints who have gone through some sort of trauma that might be related to what you're worried about, you know, what their like kind of thing is, like Anthony with like finding lost things. Mm-hmm. Um and you pray for them to help you through their divine miracles in the afterlife, I think. Yo,
0: that's so weird to me cuz like in my mind that's not monotheistic anymore cuz in my mind you're you're praying to like a whole pantheon of like gods who have like power over these different domains you may have like the big dog god but it sounds like you're praying to all these people who have like very specific domains over like rabies or whatever
1: absolutely and it's also like really interesting in you know cultures where there's a huge mesh of different religions like in um Cuba I can't remember I think it's called Santeria the religion that they observed there but it's a mix between this iconography with with catholicism but also like the typical voodoo religion there which is polytheistic Um, but it works really well for them you know obviously like you know because of basically colonization like Mm -hmm. why this happens but Mm -hmm. you know it works really well because they're like okay well we understand that concept where we can pray to a bunch of different people for a variety of things like the jesus stuff not so sure but like yeah sure like saint martha the dominator like we get we understand that we get that it translates to our religion you Hmm. know
0: because like it reminds me of when the romans like filled the power vacuum from the greeks and basically like co-opted their gods but gave them like new roman names and gave them like new roman like attributes where it's like one of those things where they kind of co-opt a different religion in order to get people on board with like their power hierarchy so that's interesting if you think about it in terms of like Catholicism as almost, like, a power structure in and of itself trying to get more people on board.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's... Sounds- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Especially in, you know, places where Spain colonized. mm
0: mm-hmm. There's definitely
1: that mesh of cultures, yeah.
0: Yeah, I wonder about Brazil. I don't know a lot about how their um, Catholicism works, because I imagine it has to be slightly different, because, like, the Portuguese are, like, you know, doing their own thing compared to, like, the extreme... Like, cause I was like Isabella and Ferdinand and like they're wild, wild, like extreme Catholicism, like Spanish Inquisition ways. Yeah.
1: I know. I think Catholicism is like really fascinating, um, especially in its relation to, I mean, just that whole concept that the Protestants were leaving behind of like being able to pay the church to get rid of sins mm. or getting rid of like the bad things you've done. I know my, I went, visited Peru a few years ago. And in Lima, it's capital, and Lima was, like, the vice roy of, like, you know, Peru it was, like, the huge, the huge hub. There was this, like, Catholic church there, and basically it was, like, this really magnificent, beautiful church. It's beautiful. It's got these, like, really ornate sculptures. It's huge. It's, like, there's gold foil everywhere. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And basically what they were saying to us was, like, because of the colonization and the murder of, like, so many Native people, like they paid to the church to, like, denounce those sins or whatever. And that is what you're seeing right now is, like, all this wealth is from those people, like, basically blood on their hands. Wow. Um. So, I, I don't know. I just think that stuff's really interesting. So.
0: Yeah, no, it's just really crazy how long, like, Amy, like, there is no other institution that has is, is existed for that long, to my knowledge, like, as a continuous body of thought, you know? Like, even, like, the Ottoman Empire didn't last that long, I don't think.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show, Lucy. I really liked those stories. They were very good.
1: <laughs> thanks. There's, I, I love saying stories and I'm happy to share more at a different time.
0: That's it for the show today. Special thanks to Phil for help with audio production, composing the opening theme song and laughing at all my stupid jokes. Email me at art be a monologue at gmail.com to send me your feedback or cute pet pictures. Check the description for our website link and our social media presence. In this year of our Lord and Savior, twenty twenty one. Good luck and Godspeed. Like once I ate a, a, a blenderized Happy Meal for five dollars.
1: Brittany, are you okay?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I was a high schooler. I would. I was. I just wanted five
1: dollars. It was a lot of money back then. <laughs>